Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group, featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents. You'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. What's up, everybody? It's Matt Johnson. We are back with another episode of the Level Up Podcast. I've got Greg Harrelson with me. We've got an amazing guest here today. And we're talking about chatbots and Facebook Messenger, ISA, segmentation of roles, and uh, basically the future of real estate lead generation. This is going to be an incredibly interesting and and deep dive conversation. We've got a lot of ground to cover, so I don't want to waste any time. Let's get right to it. Greg, how are you today? Man, I'm doing fantastic. Excited as always. I know we were just kind of having a chat with uh, with Michael Reese here before we uh, went live, and uh, I just know we're going to deliver some fresh content and have a conversation today that I really haven't had or heard of in quite a while, or at least live on any podcast or Facebook Live. So I'm ready to dive in. This is exciting. Yeah. Well, Mike, for those that may not know who you are, just briefly catch people up on, on your work and, and your work with the NAEA, and then what are you doing uh, mainly nowadays? Yeah, um, I'm actually a co-founder with um, uh, the National Association of Expert Advisors. And, you know, we really focus on helping one agent become the go-to agent in a market by just providing them with systems and tools and um, just helping them, you know, with their customization and, and really um, positioning them different than the average agent in their marketplace. So that's what we focus on. Um, and, and we do that really under kind of the brand be, be being positioned as the expert advisor. Um, right now, I would say the things that we're working on here is is we're just really working on what I think is the future of, um, you know, ha- how business is managed um, in an agile development, you know, kind of environment, um, especially with, you know, I, I've, I, that's probably one of the things I'm ex- the most ecstatic, uh, excited about as we scale our business, how we scale and bridge the gap between marketing and sales. And, um, specifically, you know, where's the custody of that relationship and, and, and how do you design a, you know, a a customer journey that allows you to really deliver a great experience? Um, my philosophy in digital custody, um, I, 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 I bought a domain and I'm designing this shirt. And so I'll tell you, I've never told anybody about this, but this (laughs) is, it's called digital president. So I bought digitalpresident.com. And it was because I believe in order, you know, I was so moved by the election on how much effort goes into somebody, you know, delivering a message in which they stand for and getting really crystal clear and, 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 and really, you know, understanding, um, you know, people who do that in a marketing sense, who do a really good job at it. Right. So like, what did Jed Bush stand for? Right. I talked to the guy that was brought in, you know, um, um, when he was basically at 3% of you know, in, in the polls and he brought on a really strong brand guy who dialed in his message. And and I've never just been more fascinated with how to really simplify and clarify your value proposition and how you communicate that in a way to your customer. You know, I think the most left out client is not the home seller and it's not the home buyer. It's the home owner. Because they own their home for seven years mm-hmm. and you have to have a, a plan, a strategy. Um, that's where the relationship should be owned. And um, so that's what I'm passionate about. And, you know, I believe that with technology that's out there, 
Um, there's just so many things that we can do and um, in a way to provide that value. And the people who are really coming from a, a preeminent mindset of delivering results in advance and, and really treating their customers um, deeply and getting connected to them, I think are the people are, that are going to build brands that you just look up and um, have tremendous amount of depth and value to them and, and huge. And I'll, if I had one word to say, I would say community. You know, how do you build a community around something that stands for something? Um, that's that's kind of, you know, online, whatever that whatever that is. So um, yeah. your brand is is the perceived desire that's owned in the client's mind. And so, you know, I, mm-hmm. one guy was talking to us, a brand expert, and he showed an earring and he said, if I put this earring um, next to Tiffany's logo, how much do you think it's worth? That was after he already asked them what they thought it was worth. And then they put it next to a Walmart logo, which then just made it look like really cheesy. It looked like a really nice earring next to Tiffany's. And then for some reason, like right there before my eyes, the value was devalued. And so I'm just very fascinated with marketing, probably really going to be working a lot on branding and how that translates into your online presence and all your communication. So. Let me, let me let me let me let me just pull out a nugget that uh, that he he shared with us, and he he probably has this conversation so much uh, with his peers, and and um, and it's inside of his own head, he probably doesn't even hear some of the nuggets that he's dropping on us right now. But what I heard you say is that it's not necessarily about owning the relationship with the buyer or owning the relationship with the seller, because by the time we have a relationship with a buyer or a seller, a transaction's already going on. What you're saying is it's all about having a relationship with the property owners that are, may not even be thinking of having of doing a, a transaction, of becoming a buyer or a seller. So I thought that was worth just kind of repeating because that's that's a whole different ballgame. Most of the drip systems that are out there have to do with, I just captured a buyer lead on the internet. So now I'm going to communicate with that buyer lead, right? So how are we going to start figuring out how to have relationships and communication with people that are not even thinking about a transaction? Have you put some thought to that? Yeah. So I think it's community. I think it's, I think to me, the people who do that the best, you know, I got a guy who's um, masterminds with me and he puts all of his he's a, he's an internet marketer by trait but sells a lot of real estate but he sells real estate i would say um in a way that's very automated and so i'm always fascinated because if i was actually selling homes every day i would do it like he does and um he has a facebook group that every buyer goes into every single buyer and then he's marketing properties to this group when they're coming soon and i'm not joking he went he did a live share and literally showed all the homes that he's double ending. So he created a system that then created community that then leveraged that community and, and actually put a value around it. So like, you know, he really says, you know, like if you look at Frank Kern right now, he's doing things in internet marketing. He's doing things in a private community. He actually said, I no longer do that online on my Facebook. It's now all done on a private community. So like even with my book, um, the inside sales predictability just this week, I literally took all the free downloads and I moved them into a private community. Um, because my, this is my theory with digital custody. If you win the crowd, you win your freedom. When you win the crowd, you win your freedom. And so you have to win the crowd and the way you win the crowd is standing for something and then delivering on that promise and what you stand for. 
and re- getting really, really clear on what is the problems in the marketplace that you are the best in the world at solving. And then how can you put the handles in the uh, around that marketing message? And then how do you communicate that in a way where, you know, your brand that you have in the marketplace is known? Um, you know, the, the funny thing right now is, um, you know, my my wife now goes to next door for every vendor she looks for because we just found the most amazing painter. Um, and then my wife, she doesn't realize that I'm studying her behavior when she's doing these things because I'm just I'm like, <laughs> so you don't what did you just do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, why did you why are you doing that? And she was like, oh, yeah, um, I'm doing. Hold on one second. That's actually her calling. Sorry. <laughs> So that was her. But the, the point the point is, is that um, is that, you know, it, it it's it's people are looking for community. Next door is taking it. Next door is is um, is going to be the place that people go and trust because real estate agents are leaving that window of opportunity open. I don't know. That's just my opinion. Well, I think one of the things that I've been in discussion with, um, you know, in the past, and I think it's in alignment with what you're talking about here, is that, you know, in the beginning, it's like everybody wants to be part of this massive group, and let's just call it Facebook, right? And then all of a sudden, what we started seeing is groups follow, you know, come into to come into play, and people said, I want to be a part of Facebook, but I also want to be a part of this group. And I think what I hear you saying, and I've kind of been in conversations about that I think the future is going to be, well, I don't really care about being part of Facebook, but I really am really caring about being a part of these groups. In other words, we're, we're, we, we are connected to everyone in the world, but we're actually choosing to spend our time in smaller groups that are more, uh, more focused on the conversation that we want to have at that time. Do you agree with that? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And Mike, uh, that leads us into into kind of the next part of this that I wanted to get into, because we've talked about, you know, strategic level concepts like the expert advisor and stuff. And people should absolutely go read everything that Jay Abraham has ever written um, for more detail on that. But let's go tactical for a second. Right. Because there's a subset of Facebook outside of the groups, which is Facebook Messenger, which you're also tinkering around with. So let people in on what you're experimenting with a little bit with Facebook Messenger. Yeah, um, right now, you know, the the. And, and can y'all see me still? On my end, it froze up. No, as long so, as I can yeah, see as I say, we lost your we lost your video feed, and um, uh-huh. yeah, so we can we can hear you, and we Here just we can't see you. Yeah. How about now? Can you see me now? I can mm. see you now for some reason. Yeah, we can't, unfortunately. There you go. There. All right. Well, All right. Perfect. So, right. um, yeah, yeah. So, um, these the these bots. I mean, right now, if you go to HubSpot has a bot. If you go to your messenger, um, first of all, with with bots, what you're able to do is you're you're able to go in and have strategic conversations. So there's things out there like mini chat. That's who well, we started. We tell, built a whole. Tell us what a bot is. Let's go ahead and start it. Like yeah. making sure that the yeah. audience. Because now we're getting into we're getting yeah. into a whole nother level right now, Michael. So listen, yeah. let's slow okay, it down. And slow say, down. A, a bot is blank. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A bot. It, it's basically an automated communication channel that's done through um, Facebook Messenger. And what happens is um, when you in the future, what they think of is I want you. You'll go to your instant messenger and you'll just message your bot to set you up a, um, a table at a restaurant. 
and it'll reply um, back to you. How many people can I add people? It will be an ongoing conversation. Um, and it's also what, what if you want to get an Uber, Uber is going to be, hey, I'm right here. It'll be more of a in a communication format that will make what they think they're is going to make all the apps really less relevant based upon how we interact. We have to go find the app and then do this. You just go to the messenger and message Spotify. I want to listen to this playlist. You know what I mean? Or however it's going to work, however, everybody. Um, but but with real estate, what I think it is going to be is I. Um, it's, there's no question. Um, you know, I'll give you an example. I shared this the other day. I got a family member that is, um, going through a divorce and, um, they are trying to figure out, you know, exactly how much money she is going to need in order to live, you know, and this is something like I'm watching and I'm not participating in this conversation. Um, but I'm watching it happen in front of me and I could, I was just, you know, a, a, a estimated net sheet, all these questions people have that they reach out to their agent for, um, all of those things could be um, predefined. And so, you know, if, if, you know, whether it's, hey, I need property brochures. Um, hey, when do we do a price drop? Quick question about this. I mean, any question that can be anticipated that's already probably been asked, you can create a really awesome um, dialogue with your client and, 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 and again, this, the real main thing is when I went and did HubSpots, um, that was the first one I downloaded was I was interacting with this guy and I asked him about keyword research and it was like, he was like keyword research. What do you want it for? Boom, boom, boom. And I mean, I was going back and forth on keyword research and it was, I was moving, like having a lot of progress. And, and, and so with the homeowner, like it's like next door, if you know, can a real estate agent position themselves to say, Hey, listen, you know, you can message me if you need anything, whether it's about the builder home warranty being up in a year, whether it's about your tax tax appraisal and how to, you know, negotiate that tax rate down and the steps to take anything. What you want to do is you want to study the homeowner and the questions they have the first year in their house. You know, whether right now I have a huge hookup on furniture. I have a tear. I mean, really good. I mean, I get furniture at like cost. Um, and, and so like anything I can do to help my homeowner and trans, you know, add to the value and giving them advice and direction. Um, if you can get them interacting with you on instant messenger, instant messenger has a unbelievable open rate and it, you can broadcast out to them once they're on your, your, your messenger feed. So it's almost like the direction of what email used to be years ago is once you build, like people are now building these communities of messenger, people who have basically signed up to say that you can message them. And so it is, it is, um, it's a, it's obviously a higher level opt-in, but there was a lot of, um, a lot of amazing stuff that's being leveraged there. And I just think that the homeowner is going to ultimately get what they want, whether it's through next door or their agent. And if the agent can be entering this conversation sooner, um, you know, the message could be, Hey, I mean, why are they going to a home value site in the first place? Why didn't they just message you if they bought the house? Right. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it, it, I mean, just think about it. It's yeah. just, it just makes sense. And so, you know, what I would like to do is drop a door hanger that said, Hey, message me here with any, you know, first of all, people, technology people, they like to mess with bots, right? Like imagine if you could, you, the neighborhood <laughs> robot, right? You tell people to try I mean, to break it, it. like, like seriously, test yeah. me, try to break my, my chat bot. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right, right. So when I was so when I was at you... Facebook, when I was at Facebook about a year ago from an Inman conference, I was around there, and we went to a small group went to to Facebook, and they had said, and I just don't think a lot of people really believe this. I know that you're going to believe it, Michael and and Matt, but a lot of real estate agents and people just don't believe that texting SMS text is probably on the way out. You know, I mean, like, why is somebody going to continue using SMS text on a phone when you can act when you're already on Facebook and you have Facebook Messenger and Facebook Messenger is free? As long as you have an Internet connection, you don't even need cellular service. And they're talking about the majority of the of the communication is actually going to be through Facebook Messenger. And people are going to start canceling their cellular service because, I mean, we know Facebook is in Google. They're flying around drones all over the world right now with Wi-Fi connection. So he, he, at some point, the whole world is going to have Wi-Fi. Okay, so once the whole world has Wi-Fi, no matter where you are, even if you're in a desert, then at that point, what, what point do you need a cellular service for? Because you can do texting through Facebook Messenger, and there are already people that are dropping their cell phone service and saying, you know what? I live in San Francisco, and everywhere I go, there's a Wi-Fi. I just never need cell phone service. They can talk through Facebook. They can, they can uh, text through Facebook um, and, and whatnot. So I think it's, it's something for the audience to keep their eyes on and understand that even though some of these ideas are, are cutting edge or maybe even bleeding edge right now, this is the way communication is going. And what I see, Michael, saying is I, I would bet that you probably suggest that not only do you put your buyers and investors in a Facebook group, but you probably say, hey, put all your active sellers in a Facebook group and start feeding them information. And then now my mind's going, well, Michael would probably put them all in a Facebook group, communicate to them. And then as they communicate back to him, he's got a bot that's actually answering all the questions. And he's chilling out, watching the conversations going, going back and forth. And then at any point that his staff feels like he needs to interject, then he can probably interject himself right in there, right there on the spot. And the consumer will even eventually not even know this is going on. And when they do find out it's going on, it'll be an acceptable practice and just the way life is, and it won't be frowned upon. So that's kind of my opinion. I know that people are like, oh gosh, it's never going to work this way. But man, we everything that's working right now was once an, oh gosh, it's never going to happen. <laughs> right. Yeah. Listen, I started in 2005 selling... Uh, websites over the internet. I was selling real estate and it's a long story, but the long, I remember people were impressed with text message. Like you, if they got a text message to their phone, they didn't even know what that was like, Oh, how did that work? You know, if they had, you would ask them who their provider was before the demo. Oh, who do you use for a cell phone? AT&T. And you would set up a little short link and do a demo on a site. They'd be sold every time. Um, the, the crazy thing about, um, um, when, when Greg was talking, that was making me, he was making me think of some, some other stuff, which was, um, I believe that every nurture, like every opportunity that we speak to with the for sale by owner and expired, every nurture should be, um, be giving a value proposition or some cheese, if you will, something over the phone, a call to action that where they could go get signed up from the market updates or they can something where you can take them in a way where they could, where you could stay in front of them in a way where whether it's the email that goes out to them, um, whether it's a text message that goes out to them, some way of driving those people also to engage into that messenger 
Um, right now, man, we do, we're crushing our call center. Um, we set 17 listing appointments last week, Monday through Friday, which was good for, was a good week for us. Um, and, and, and we're, we're, we're crushing, we're, we're, we're crushing, um, top of funnel. So we're generating about 800, um, on, on the low end, we did, we did 800, then about five, and then about 500 leads, uh, seller leads in a week. And we took our budget down from, uh, we used to budget 1250 for each MSA, which is, was about $12,500 for the MSAs in Dallas, the 10 we had. And we were able to, we were able to, um, get that under three grand for the same lead cost. So we're, we're driving cost per lead down with dynamic, um, imaging in, in Facebook, which is, I was just out with all the Facebook guys and they were literally, they saw the software we built and they said, these were people who were agencies that market uh, manage Facebook. And they were, they were all over us saying, how can we leverage that? Um, because we're able to make dynamic magazines for every neighborhood and um, are just getting amazing top of funnel pull through. Um, and so we're just, we're just over here. We're playing up in the Facebook community. That's where everybody's at. So um, you know, there's a lot of, op- there's more, there's more opportunity there than we can follow up with. Uh, so that, that's what we're doing. Well, yeah, well, let's I mean, get into the follow up a little bit. Uh, I'm curious at what point, you, you know, you talk about ISAs and you're really a fan of the, the roles being kind of segmented out. So people are really Johnny on the spot. You can really jump in when you need to, but just to put this in terms of like the digital custody that you mentioned, like at what point does someone go from being, you know, the, the chat bot has custody of them to like an ISA stepping in and then the ISA handing off that relationship to an agent? Like that's a lot of different, you know, there's a lot of opportunities for balls to be dropped. Yeah, so that's a great question. I think the custody is based upon the individual. In my in my model, it's a little different, but I do believe that the um, thinking in the and one ISA and one outside sales agent helps you really answer that question. So, um, what I mean by that is, whenever you have multiple ISA servicing actual, you know, there, there's when they're servicing a market, then they they have a unit of calls made per day for a specific agent. Now, when you're in a, red, a traditional team model, it's just like you're not trying to deliver any promise to any specific person. It's just like call all the expires, call all the FISBOs, call all the home values. I have to manage it a little bit different because I'm trying to hit a unit of sell within a very dense area. So once you add density, then complexity happens because you have to have actual in order to it's not about generating um, 600 leads. It's about it's harder to generate 177 in this zip code. That's a different question. 600 leads is easier in DFW based upon when I ran a team, I was in Plano, McKinney. Plano has 5,500 real estate transactions. That's 10,000 sides. McKinney has 4,500 or 5,400 and, 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 and Frisco has 4,500. And, and so the, the, the amount of transactions, you know, it's all relative. How many leads are you di- generating in, in a co- If you can nail it down, like Mark Cuban, like if you can get it down into the neighborhood level, then you have scalability. So you have to be able to nail your lead generation strategy down into a geo region, and then and then say now any region that looks like this, I can I can duplicate that. Now you're looking at how you get scalability and and, du- and being able to duplicate the value proposition that you make to one person right now. I was in one. I won't say the city because people will know who I'm talking about, and that's not the goal. But I was in a two cities, two cities in 30 days, and the model, which is not a good or bad model, but the contribution margin based upon 
the team model is they're giving all the, a lot of money away for someone to open up doors, which is I'm totally fine with. Um, I don't have a n- nothing to do. I mean, I don't I'm just there's a better way of doing business. And these individuals both had like I'm not kidding you, 70 buyer agents. You know, I, they were doing I'd never asked the question like you're doing this amount of sales. How many buyer agents do you have? And it was a whole lot. And so, um, you know, when you really pull back the curtain on where you got scalability and, and flexibility, the reason they have buyer agents is because they haven't mastered the ability to deliver any type of predictable seller um, value proposition to an agent that would come work with them. But I can guarantee you in your community, um, you'll get a completely different ICP. That means the guy who's staying up at night, you know, the rock in their shoe. It's the, it's the person who's frustrated because they have so many buyers and they're tired of driving them all around. They're frustrated. You know, when I coach that guy in a coaching environment, I help him hire a buyer agent and start working the list side. And what do I do? Well, the reason he's not working the list side is because the constraint or the bottleneck to his goal, meaning where he is in the gap between where he is and where he wants to be, is he don't have leveraged lead generation at any scope and the leverage lead generation he does have is not scalable. So he doesn't have enough confidence to have any predictability and, and even getting him home, his own transactions, which he still got to pay his bills and pay for his boat, you know, and, you know, feed his family, <laughs> you know, so he's you know, taking all the leads. Buying boats, Mike? <laughs> not so much buyer. I'm saying that guy who's at 40 deals, who's a hustler, yeah. who's taking all the seller. Well, he's taking all, he's keeping all those sellers because, he does want a boat. My 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 ideal customer wants a boat. <laughs> I want a boat. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I'll just throw out there is is uh, with that I do with my agents in my company is we focus on something we call community domination plan, and um and what that is 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 actually going in and master the generation and uh, gain market share in one community and then we feel like that that the way that we can increase our market share in our market is by dominating one community at a time or one neighborhood at a time that's kind of what i heard michael saying here is like you know it's a lot easier to go ahead and get a large volume of business in the whole dallas area but from a scalability standpoint it's probably a little bit more wise to kind of pinpoint a a, a geo-targeted area master that system and then it and then that's where you'll yeah. start to get to you know you, that's yeah. the scale yeah so it just you know calling a spade a spade it's it's if you think and sorry guys this is just my um opinion you know think about a guy that's going to expand into dallas they go and they read a book and they want to do expansion and they want to come to dallas or florida well here's the problem the problem right now is you take one guy and we'll name him what's a good name for him um, Ben, we'll name him Ben. And he's going to, he wants to come to Dallas. Well, he's going to come put one team in Dallas and sell 400 units. And then he's going to go to, you know, some other city. He didn't even take the opportunity in Dallas right now. There's 90,000 transactions in Orlando. There's, 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 I just mapped Orlando. I'm going on tour. I'm going to, at the end of this month, I go to Houston, Orlando and, um, uh, Denver. And, and, an expansion looks at three teams, the old model that I used to run when I had a bunch of agents and they go in and they partner in a Keller Williams and they put in a, they put in one guy and he becomes a team and they leverage his hub with his certain, you know, things that allow him, this guy to do more business by leveraging his resources. The problem there is that 
Chipotle don't go into Dallas and put one Chipotle. They go in and they actually have a demographic that meets a model. It's an economic model. So in expansion, there's no one, there's no model for lead generation. There's no model. It's some guy has Boomtown, some guy has Tiger Leads, some guy has something that his wife's dad built that was an engineer. Um, you know, like everybody has something different. And so in order to have predictability and scalability and to really expand, you have to have all of those things dialed in. And so right now what happens is in their model, because their model is you just follow the money, which is their, and it's not bad, good or indifferent. It just is what it is in their model is um, you have a guy, he wants to expand into Frisco. Let's say Frisco is one of the fastest growing cities in the United States. Well, now you got 900 of the top agents in Keller Williams all putting one dude in Frisco. That's no unified front. That's no unified front. And then here's what they say in the meeting. If you sit through the, the pitch on the meeting, the pitch says, you know, we'll go to the team leader and they'll help you find one. Let, let me tell you how that works. When Michael Reese was in an office, Michael Reese got all the leads of the people who wanted to be on teams. That means that if Ben Kinney or Adam Hergenrother or Tim Heil, if they want to expand in your city, go try to ask that team leader when their name's on the list. There's going to be about 29 people's name on the list, and you're going to be at the bottom of the list. And when you do even get a chance in there, you're going to have to go try to start at lead generation. And there's just like it keeps the big guys big, but it doesn't really build a model that's scalable. It just lets it removes their problem. The rock in their shoe is that they want to go independent because there's no value that's being delivered to them. And so the value that they see is, oh, well, you can leverage my hub and spoke model. Look what Sam Walton did. He used to fly in airplanes and look at his parking lots. Here's the ink blot splot. Now that that makes sense, which is fact, fact. And then they tell you that's how it works in copywriting. You say a fact, a fact, and then you whatever else you say appears to be a fact when it doesn't have to be. It's just the psychology. And so, yes, <laughs> Sam Walton did use an ink spot strategy. It has nothing to do with your boomtown. That doesn't mean you got you're ready to expand. It just means that, yes, people are very sophisticated before they go invest millions of dollars into opening another business that they're going to make sure that they actually have some type of strategy. But that doesn't say everything else that's said after that statement doesn't mean it's true. And what is not true is that, in my personal opinion, you need to have a business model, an economic model that allows you to expand. And if you're going to expand, it would probably make sense it probably makes sense, Sam Walton, that I would probably not do one, you know, one Walmart in McKinney and then go all the way to Arizona with my next Walmart when I still got like 500 that I can put right in, you know, Texas. Yeah, that's right. Walmart didn't go for ones in L.A. and New York so that they had uh, they could show up at the parties there. That's right. right. But the logic is they use that as logic in the very book, in the ESO handbook. It's the logic. And then all of them are going across country. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. And so I'm cool with I'm, I'm cool with that. But like for me, I, I don't have to have a position. Here's my only position. My only position is this, is that agents don't make any money. Most of them. I'm, I'm talking about the agent. Right. Yeah. They're making even they're making five to ten grand a month after expenses. They go bro grow a million dollar business. Maybe they make a couple hundred thousand. I just believe that there's a better way if I, you know, for an agent to make money in real estate. Um, and, and, you know, I think that that I do think that there is a lot of power in working with people that um, if I could go back in time, 
I would find a mentor and I'm not just saying this, but I would, if I would, I would have been looking for someone like Greg in my home city that would, mm. that could teach me the game from soup to nuts, cradle to grave, give me the skills. Right. Um, a lot of times, man, my, I, I, I don't know why this is true, but like I, I remember in 2007 or eight and nine, I go to conferences and me and Jay would be in the back of the room and some dude that we met at the bar having a drink with that, like had no reason to be spending 30000 or $20,000 on anything, we'd see him on day two or day three at the conference, and he would be, oh, I'm in platinum. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you don't even, what do you mean you're in platinum? Yeah, I just bought their platinum stuff. Yeah, I'm ready to go. I'm, and I remember that just would always rub me wrong. Like, it was like, you know, that's not the, that wasn't the right move for that guy. You know, some people, you know, there's a, there's the dream. Steps. yeah, yeah. So anyway, I know I'm getting a little bit off topic, but. No, this is good, though, because I think if there's anything to take away from this, whether you are a top level agent or whether you're you're rank and file, if you're new in the business, whatever, there was something you said at the very top of it, which is it's the, it's the relationship with the homeowner. And Greg, that's what you guys are doing with the, the you know kind of that area domination strategy going into specific neighborhoods, deciding where you want to work and then figuring out how you, whether you are a team with a lot of resources or whether you're an individual person, how can you build and hold the relationships with the homeowners? I mean, I was just talking with uh, with Frank with, with uh, our marketing about this. And that's that's their whole reason for that business even existing is to help people do that. And there's, so there's leverage ways to do it. What's interesting, Mike, about what you're doing, and this is the weakness that I see in all the expansion efforts. And Greg, you and I have talked about this is just, it's the human behavior part, right? So Greg, you bring people into an environment where the environment gets them to do things they wouldn't otherwise do, which is make the calls, right? That's correct. So Mike, you're taking the opposite approach, not the opposite approach, but you're, you guys are both compensating for human behavior in different ways, which Mike, you're taking people that are better suited to be on the phones telling them, don't worry about any all, all this other distracting stuff. You're not doing paperwork. You're not doing anything else. You will be on the phone and you're going to follow up with the leads. And then you're going to set the appointment for the agent. So the agent doesn't have a choice either. They just show up, they have the appointment and the agent goes out to the appointment. So if, I, if I'm understanding that correctly, you're building a model that works with the natural bend of human nature by specializing the roles. Is that right? Yeah. And, and yes, yeah. that's correct. And I no, think no. they, and, and to be honest with you, they're both, they're both, um, um, I'm, I'm doing the, what happened is, is I, I'm, I'm trying to do what I think is, um, have you seen the movie, the founder? Yes. Not yet. Yeah, sure did. Un- unbelievable. Unreal. Yes. Great, great and, movie. Uh, yeah. And so it's, it's all in the movie, the founder, it's about how McDonald's started and, um, his, his promise was like, he, when, when, when Ray Kroc started selling McDonald's, his, here's was his pitch. Hey man, you got some money you want to park somewhere? Okay. Think about mm-hmm. the ICP you attract. Well, what he ends up getting frustrated is because he ends up walking on the g- golf course and running down these guys with lettuce on a hamburger saying, what the hell are y'all doing? Well, the, w- w- the big aha when, when McDonald's took off was when he realized that he needed an operator mindset. He needed, uh, you know, he wanted that operator, that person who was going to, run the business. That's a different value prop. He met a plumber, you know, at a little bingo hall and they're talking about how he's up all night having to go when toilets are backed up, him and his wife, his wife's bragging as how hard, hard he's working as a plumber. And it clicks for Ray Kroc. He's like, man, you know, I got all my buddies over here that are on the golf course that are not following the system, doing whatever the hell they want. But what did he lead with? Hey, you got some money you got want to park? That's what he was looking for. They weren't looking for a job. They were looking to play golf. And so 
you know, when you're when you're filling the people in your brokerage, you know, you you don't want the guy who wants to go play golf. And there's that happy medium. What I found and I did the entire process. There's a book. The, one of the best things that I did this year was I devoured um, the value proposition canvas, devoured it. And it's all about that's where I did the, my no, most deep work. And it's it's it was um it's by strategizer and it's, it aligns with the business model canvas. And at the heart is the value proposition canvas, which is it's like, what, what is the pain? Well, the pain of the golfer is different than the pain of the plumber. Right. And, mm-hmm. and the pleasure is different. They both have different goals, but at the end of the day, what you're trying to do is you're trying to align and the jury's still out. I'll tell you, I I've had the ICP, of the golfer, I've had the ICP of the non-golfer. What I've realized is this, is that somebody who is willing to make the calls and does a good job at making the calls, um, is, and, and they just, it's, it's, they're just out there. Like the guy that I have right now, we have a guy that was in the oil and gas business, amazing guy, but he loves to make the calls. Other people, um, I have amazing agents who don't do as well. What I believe is that you want the amazing agent that will make the calls. And this goes back to the custody that doesn't have to, but will. And here's the reason why is because when I make the calls for you, if you have phone reluctancy, you won't make the nurture call. You won't, you won't be able to even grow your team if I'm leading you there because you never made the calls yourself. So you can't even lead and answer questions as a leader. And so in the, the whole digital custody in the, in the custody thing is it's who's accountable, but who's responsible. And so I, I think at the end of the day that if, if somebody, someone in my, this is just my opinion is in a one-on-one, the person should be, if if you have a ISA to a real estate agent, one-to-one, then the ISA can hold that responsibility until the appointment's met. Because sometimes you go on that appointment and it don't show. And the last thing you want to do is put that burden on. I don't want that burden. If I'm, I mean, I don't want to be the one to have to make one to four or six calls to reschedule that. Plus, compensation drives behavior. I want to make sure that still happens. And so, but when you get into a, a, an area where we are, where we have ten people, and we might have set seventeen appointments, and it could be that eight of them were for one area, I might have to readjust the campaign for today. And put more data into a campaign that's in these counties in order to get be on pace because we're watching our we're watching our dials by by, by geographic areas. So and, and sometimes you just have a you, you have just different things that that affect that. Where we start the month is we start the month. How many um, nurtures do we have based upon? We have an interactive calendar, and then wherever our nurture count is low. We're then setting up the campaign strategy, which this is the hardest thing is when you have to, when you're scaling is managing the campaign strategy because you're managing the budget with the ads coming in and generating the home value. Then you have expires. Maybe one city has more than another city. So you have to compensate. And then where you fill in the gap is with neighborhood data, which is the kind of the that's how we do it. That's kind of the hierarchy. And so, um, you know, it, the, the the relationship. I think when you get to one to many, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's once that nurtures a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Once, well, I just, yeah. in my model, I think that the agent has to have that responsibility. Once someone has identified themselves moving in the next 12 months, 
I think yeah. they had, they really have to take ownership of that. Task. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. I mean, that's at some point a real human being has to take ownership and has to, uh, has to carry it home. So, well, Mike, we want to be sensitive to, uh, to your time, but uh, tell everybody kind of where they can connect with you. I know you're working on, on a lot of cool stuff in the book and all that stuff. So how can they keep in touch with you so that they nurture that relationship? Yeah. Um, man, if you're looking at, um, I, the best thing I could say is, Gil, get a copy of our book at InsideSalesPredictability.com, a free copy. We'll mail it to you um, just for the cost. I think it's shipping at six bucks or something like that. Um, aside from that, you can join our Facebook group. Um, it's at um, Inside Sales Predictability forward slash group, I believe, or it's forward slash groups. Um, but outside of that, um, you know, I really appreciate the opportunity of being on you it's weird. I got on this not really fired up. Like you guys got me all fired up. For <laughs> that wasn't my. I didn't know that was going to happen. But that's um. I, I wasn't trying to make that happen. I apologize. Yeah. I, I I think I had a feeling that was going to happen. I think it always happens, <laughs> especially if we start yeah. talking and start uh, rapping together. There's no doubt about yeah. it. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, for uh, for us on our side, you can go to uh, the leveluppodcast.com slash free. Uh, that is where you can grab uh, Greg's free video where we talk about getting started with marketing automation, uh, which is all about how to use uh, tools like Infusionsoft to communicate and nurture people intelligently uh, so that you trigger those right actions, very similar to what Mike is doing with his. And uh, so you can get that and then uh, go obviously to iTunes to subscribe to the show. Get that there. You can also go to Stitcher and find us there if you are on an Android device. So with that said, guys, we uh, got to wrap this one up put a nice little bow on this one but uh, guys there were so many people watching i wish we could have taken uh, some live comments and questions because we would have had some really uh, some really good ones but uh guys thanks so much for watching here live on facebook we really really appreciate it guys if you got value out of it share it on your timeline or a friend that's in the business that can get a benefit out of it and with that said guys thank you so much we'll uh, we'll see you guys on the next one